Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Well, there was a bear there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen posts on Tumblr. I'm joined with Guile. Hi, I'm Guile, Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr. Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho, and I'm Clotho Spindle on Tumblr. Chicky. Hi, I am Chicky, and I am Chickren on Tumblr. And that's everybody. So. Uh, that's all. <laughs> what else do you need? Yeah. <laughs> this is all you need. Um, so we're discussing... <laughs> Cersei chapters, continuing our discussion of Cersei from A Feast for Crows. This is Cersei 8. And as always, spoiler warnings for both the books, especially the books, and perhaps the Game of Thrones show. Um, Trigger warnings for potential rape discussion are also in effect. Um, So we begin, it's a cold and rainy, miserable day in King's Landing when Cersei receives word from Arrain Waters that Dragonstone is Tommen's. The cost was great. A thousand good men are dead, and Loras Tyrell is grievously injured. Lorraine suspects maidens will weep in their wine across the realm if Loras dies. Cersei knows he isn't wrong. Loras had quite the send-off when he left King's Landing, mostly women. Uh, Tolman gave him a jeweled sword and a hug. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> it was so God. easy to picture that moment. Yeah, well, it is, because Tommen loves Laura so much. This is just so horrific. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, like, it's it's a horrible thing to hear, and we'll hear more about it later. But one of the interesting things in this section is that we hear that, uh, and I love how she doesn't admit that she was completely wrong. We hear that there are Ironmen totally invading the Reach, and even Cersei can't deny it anymore. They're even on their way to Old Town, um supposedly. Um, and she's like, she's like, Oh, it's just bad news coming in from the reach. More bad news, you know, <laughs> as well, though she'd never completely denied it before. Yeah. Well, she not only like, um, did not protect the reach, but she actually made Euron's um, fleet stronger because they were allowed to take the ships that were in the region. Right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. They've been able to capture the few ships that were left because, you know, obviously the iron fleet is way bigger. Yeah. Well, and she caused, like, apparently a thousand of the best soldiers that they had left to get killed in a useless miss- mission just to try to get rid of Loras. Oh. And, you know, it's yeah. not like they have, you know, they still are contesting against Stannis' army. She knows there's battles in the Reach, and she doesn't give a sh- You know, she's so short-sighted, she just doesn't give a crap. It's almost like, who needs enemies when you have, well, who needs friends friends. when you have enemies like Cersei Lannister? (laughs) Yeah. Well, Well, and I like the way that, you know, like, it's, it's funny how it's, how it's written. Like, it's like, Orion Waters is like, you know, so happy to be bringing this word to Cersei, but it's like, even his face falls when he like tells her what happened with the storming of Dragonstone. I think, I don't think he's necessarily happy to be bringing the news. I don't think he's. Like, she's interpreting it that way. Yeah, she's saying he has a wicked smile, but who knows? It could be in her. <laughs> yeah. Could be. Could I mean, be. in the way she, like, she's just, you can just feel her, like, just wanting the tale, the gruesome details. Mm-hmm. And 
Uh, and she claims that Marjorie, she doesn't want Marjorie to hear it from a stranger. <laughs> so oh, she wants God. to make sure to get all the gruesome details. Oh, God. <laughs> she's taking such yeah, she pleasure. She memorizes it. them. She memorizes the gruesome details me so that she can be the messenger to tell Marjorie what happened. Now, I've marked a bit of it, so let's see. It says, Your Grace, she began, it is best you hear the news from me. Lorraine Waters is back from Dragonstone. Your brother is a hero. I always knew he was. Marjorie did not seem surprised. Why should she? She expected this from the moment Loris begged for the command. Yet by the time Cersei had finished with her tale, tears glistened on the cheeks of the younger queen. Redwine had miners working to drive a tunnel underneath the castle walls, but that was too slow for the Knight of Flowers. No doubt he was thinking of your lord father's people suffering on the shields. Lord Water says he ordered the assault not half a day after taking command after Lord Stannis's Castilian refused his offer to settle the siege between them in a single combat. Loras was the first one through the breach when the ram broke and the the castle gates. He rode straight into the dragon's mouth, they say, all in white and swinging his morning star about his head, slaying left and right. Mega Tyrell was sobbing openly by then. How did he die, she asked, who killed him? No man has that honor, said Cersei. Sir Loras took a quarrel through the thigh and another through the shoulder, but he fought on gallantly, though the blood was streaming from him. Later he suffered a mace blow that broke some ribs after that, but no, I would spare you the worst of it. Tell me, said Marjorie. I command it. Command it? Cersei paused a moment, then decided she would let that pass. The defenders fell back to an inner keep once the curtain wall was broken. Loris led the attack there as well. He was doused with boiling oil. Oh, God. This is so horrific. And it's just like Cersei to not only, like, have caused it and, and be happy with the outcome, but to want to savor the moment of like telling Marjorie that her brother is horribly wounded and dying is just so sick. I'm sorry. There's no other term for it. No, it's just a sick thing to want to do. Absolutely. Right. And there's like even a moment of dramatic pause. Like it's one thing to hate your enemies. It's another to torture them and, enjoy it she's, she's kind of like a cat with a mouse you know like torturing it before oh totally yeah yeah, yeah. well she is a lioness sorry <laughs> yeah she's a lioness with her prey oh, whatever god <laughs> meanwhile think of poor marjorie i mean you know she's hearing all this and you know even though she clearly regards cersei as an enemy it's you know such a profound thing to hear she can't you know she can't stop her reaction none of the tyrells can stop their reaction obviously they're going to be devastated by this news and um, i mean you know loris is completely i mean loris is foolish on one hand but i mean the situation in the reach as far as we can see is desperate and they she's basically cersei's given him this impossible task of the only way i will allow you to save your homeland is to do this incredibly stupid, stupid thing. Yeah. And so he, he has no, you know, he really has no choice. Rock in a hard place. Yeah. yeah you know, sure. I, have I to- mean, what, what choice did he have, but to be this ridiculous hero? I mean, like it, there is no other option. Well, <laughs> if you're a conspiracy theorist, you could say there is another option because there, there is a, a school of thought out there that actually think that, that this is all um, a lie, a fabrication by the Tyrells. Oh, oh, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? <laughs> Do you subscribe I mean, I to that? I mean, I don't, I don't buy into any of it because I just think it would take 
it, there it, there are just too many there would be too many gaps you'd have to p- fill to pull it off and i um, think marjorie is still you know the, assume that they're the friends among the friends in the reach to agon i mean marjorie's still sitting there as queen like they've still clearly aligned themselves with the lannisters it's taken a pretty big leap of faith that marjorie's going to get off scott clean I mean, I I absolutely do not assume that they are the friends in the reach. But yeah, even if they were, it it just doesn't make sense. To me, I mean, and it's a pretty widely, I mean, you hear about it a lot. People, a lot of people just question what really happened on Dragonstone. But I don't. I think it's real. I think Loras is is very injured. And I think that they lost all these men just stupidly. And that's the other thing. Here's Cersei so happy about this. You know, she thinks this is great. And it's like, Orion Waters is sitting here telling her, you've lost a thousand men. And he's like, and not just not yeah. just regular men. These are like knights and young lords. And like, these are her most valiant fighters. I mean, they would have to be to be crazy enough to follow Loras into this, you know, basically suicide mission. Um, it's just, it's horrific. And it's horrific because Cersei's only hurting herself with this stupidity. Absolutely. I have to um, just add to in this little exchange between Cersei and Marjorie. Um, she hugs her at one point and kisses her cheek and talks about taste, being able to taste the salt of her tears. And um, Jesus. And she makes this comment about how the deeds of Loras will be written in the White Book. And then Marjorie wrenches free of her embrace and she says, Dying is not dead. And Cersei replies, I only want to spare you. And she says, I know what you want. Get out. Like, hmm. bravo, Marjorie here. Like, such fortitude. To be given news like that and then to have a spine. <laughs> like, I think yeah. it's one of those moments. Yeah. And like I said, like, I don't know if I'm looking for them with Marjorie. But to me, I think that that little bit speaks volumes about Marjorie's character and her strength. And I mean, all things considered, I mean, you know, this is through Cersei's view. I mean, I know that. Tyrells aren't the, you know, the completely sweetie, you know, nice people, but I mean, they don't want Tom and dead. I mean, the assumption is that they, they want her to be queen. So, I mean, in the end, it really doesn't make any sense. Like, except for, you know, what we're getting to later in the chapter. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it really doesn't make any sense. And, and, you know, what you're talking about a lot, how, you know, we do get so few glimpses of Marjorie's real character in the books. And this is one of those raw moments. And she gets another one a little later in feast. And and you really do just have to admire Marjorie. I mean, she plays the game so well that she puts up with all the shit that Cersei throws at her all the time. And it takes something like this where she's just personally devastated for her to kind of crack mm-hmm. and, and, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of let somebody see the human being underneath. And, and it is, it is a really big testament to the, to the, the familial ties of the Tyrells, whatever you may think about them. They, they certainly have genuine feelings for one another and, you know, they're, they're real people. Yeah. So after this exchange is done, Cersei goes to bed sans Tana um, and she thinks that if Lord Tywin was alive, he would have realized he had his true heir in her. She thinks she should raise a statue to Loras and give him a nice funeral. Tana joins her in the morning and lets Cersei know that Marjorie is convinced that Loras will not die. Cersei gets dressed, puts on a fancy new crown, and makes her way to her solar to inspect a fresh dwarf's head brought to her by a Tyroshi man. 
After much razzle-dazzle, the head turns out not to be Tyrion's. Cersei is pissed. It's obvious the Tyroshi man has given her a fraudulent head with no eyeballs and missing gold teeth. And he's even gone the length to cutting off the dwarf's nose. Cersei tells the man a Lannister pays their debts. He owes this dwarf a nose. Take him to Kyburn. (laughs) This is probably like the one phrase you absolutely do not want to (laughs) hear. Take them to Kyburn. We find out it's the seventh dwarf that they've brought to her too. So it's just these poor, you know, these poor guys. Oh yeah. I mean, it's basically open season on dwarfs in not just Westeros, but here we've got a Taroshi guy bringing in this head. I mean, like it's, it's spread to Assos. Well, they talk about the rumors and it's kind of funny though, because one of the rumored ones is, um, I'm assuming it's the ghost of high heart. Uh They mentioned the, you know, they mentioned someone out in the, it's just someone on a hill, hill in the river. Yeah, the haunted hill in the Riverlands. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, you're right. It probably God. They also not even a guy. Was, was one of them actually? Was one of the sightings actually Tyrion? Was he with a troop at one point or no? Um, was that, no, in, wasn't he was that never in Braavos with that oh, okay. be Penny's brother? Yeah, one of them was killed. That was the Mummer's show in Bravos. And then the other one was my personal favorite, that he was pleasuring men in a brothel at Old Town. (laughs) And she she immediately dismisses it. Oh, she's like, no, that's not that one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was thinking about Loris, though, just, you know, when we were thinking about kind of Marjorie's faith and him not dying and, you know, that he'd most likely be, like, horribly disfigured. And I was kind of wondering, maybe he, we will see him again, just that- in terms of, like, his relationship with Brienne in a weird way. Like, if they're both, like, disfigured. I don't know. I just, well, I, I mean, never thought alive. of them. I mean, that's yeah. the thing, though. You got to think, like, if the, you know, Waters guy is telling the truth, though. I mean, that burns today you can die from, you know, even right, a certain right. percentage of your body. So, oh, yeah. But, I mean, but he didn't kill him. So, it's there. So, I mean, yeah, if he's you know, not there, yeah, it's yeah, got well, yeah, he's still hanging on. He's still hanging on at the end of dance. I don't know. He's still hanging on at the end of dance. So, I, yeah, I think he's going to survive it. And yes, he will be scarred. One would mm-hmm. imagine. Um, have to be through some magic. I don't. I don't really don't see how you survive something like that in like with medieval type medicine. I wonder if. I mean, like- it's weird how George has the maester sometimes pull out magic uh, tricks. I mean, they do have and- Kyburn like reanimating dead bodies without heads so i feel like yeah. we could cure but he's special yeah. <laughs> what's a little burn what's a little oil burn you know uh, <laughs> maybe we've got a frank and loris on our hands who knows oh god no lady stone loris <laughs> <laughs> but you know what else with this taroshi guy before we move on he he comes in and and like brings her this head and he says i, I bring you the head of your valencar Oh yeah, which is kind of like a little Chills you know hint up to, and down her spine. Yeah, yeah. Um, God damn this Valencar shit. <laughs> I know, and we're not done anywhere near done with it. This chapter, we're only scratching the surface. Um, so Cersei asks all the informers to lead her knights to Tyrion. If they find him, they'll be rewarded. If it's a goose chase, they'll lose their tongues, and then all three kind of back off their claims. Cersei needs to attend court. Lady Merryweather wants her to play hooky. Cersei replies, what sort of queen would I be if I put my realm in the trembling hands of Harris Swift? Uh, Jalabar Zou, the exiled prince, is first up. He wants help taking back his land. Cersei tells him next year, and she thinks next year I'll tell him never. 
Next up are um, alchemists who want to ask permission that their pyromancers be given permission to try and hatch any dragon eggs found at Dragonstone. Third party she sees is a group of merchants begging her to intercede for them. Seems the Iron Bank wants repayment of their debts. Cersei tells them to pay the bank. She also muses that they need their own bank. The oh, Golden God. Bank of that. Westeros. Is this a bad idea? I didn't think this no, was a bad idea. No, I don't think idea. it's a bad idea, actually, either. <laughs> if, like, Cersei ran it, if she ran it, it would be bad, but otherwise. <laughs> well, the I mean, per- there's that person on Tumblr, who I can't think of it is, that did like an economic... Um, like an economic development plan for all the all the different areas of Westeros, and what? you know, banking was certainly a a big part of some of them because they needed a, you know you need a bank to have capital to invest in some of the trades, etc. That oh the Westerlands would probably be. When I think yes, I've gone yeah. when I think I've gone too far with this a Song of Ice and Fire obsession, I hear things <laughs> like that. that I'm like I'm okay. Further. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they would be the perfect family. They're sitting on that, mm-hmm. you know, rock of gold. They would be the perfect family to start a bank. I know, it's so weird that Cersei <laughs> might have a good idea in the midst of all of her. She just needs to hire another CEO. Yeah, yeah. someone else she's can run so, it. Like, she kills me. She's so absolute. Though. Well, there's no dragons. There's no dragon eggs. Nah. Like, just let the stupid old alchemist, like, go there. Like, <laughs> what the hell? You know? Like, I forgot about that part. I mean, are there supposed to be dragon? Are they just sitting there? Like, what is the deal? Yeah, with that? I think there oh, are dragon there. I Danny's think so gonna too. come and like burn them all well, up. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm sure Stannis never thought it would be taken Dragonstone. So I think there's a good chance there's still eggs there. I think Why Mal have tried? It would be taken because he he said yeah. something about that there was a bunch of dragon glass on Dragonstone and that um, you know eventually he knew it was going to be taken, oh. but. Oh, wow. I wonder if Mel knew about the dragon eggs. you think she would have started mucking around with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Are there dragon eggs? And does it mean anything? Uh, I mean, like, I find it hard to believe that there'd be any left because, you know, we know that they were were looking. I mean, Aegon was trying to hatch dragons. Um, Aegon as in Eris's grandfather, question mark. You know, Aegon as yeah. an egg, egg. From, from the Duncan Egg Tales. So I I, I kind of question that there would be any in Dragonstone, the keep. Now, on Dragonstone, you know, Dragonstone is known for having had a lot of wild dragons for a long time. So it may be there might be some cave or something somewhere yeah. on the island mm-hmm. that would have... Or, or maybe have people are like eggs. swindlers, you know, trying to kind of scam people and say, oh, I have a dragon egg kind of thing, you know. Well, there is yeah, even that story that of, like, that peasant girl that had a dragon, right? Like, isn't there some story George wrote where it's... um. Hmm. She's like a young, like, oh. yeah, she's just a young peasant that kind of... Well, they're... A dragon they're, rider. Hmm. Well, what, what, what happened was during the, the war, well, the dance with dragons, um, they basically, I forget which side it even is, needed more dragon riders. And so they put out a call for what they okay. called the dragon seed, which were basically a bunch of Targaryen bastards scattered all over in these little villages on Dragonstone. Um, who had enough Targaryen blood that they could ride dragons. Okay. And I think that that girl... Who did she? She ended up having an affair with Rhaenyra's husband. I can't remember who it was, but um, yeah, she she was she played a big part in it. I don't know if it's the Princess and the Queen or what was that other novella that he released. Anyway, there were like three or four of them that they found who who were just Targaryen bastards who were able to ride dragons. So, hmm. um, 
Yeah, no, I think there's I something there. Clearly, they're hinting at something because we have this whole prophecy of, you know, the stone dragon, blah, blah, blah. I mean, clearly something's going to happen somewhere with a dragon and Astro. It was Astros. a dragon, and then someone just got really hungry for an omelet. <laughs> <laughs> that would or be something really I feel like I would do. Like, just <laughs> break it open and fry an egg. <laughs> like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, it's an endangered species, but I'm hungry, so, you know. <laughs> What's in here but rocks? It's labeled as dragon egg, you know? Could be something else. <laughs> what are you mistaking it for a chicken egg? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you think dragon eggs would be bigger, you know? Mm. Well, like an ostrich egg, I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> People eat those, don't they? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah. We could allow ourselves that mistake. <laughs> guile, guile. <laughs> it was delicious. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, spicy. <laughs> so, uh, Cersei also meets with the delegation from the Faith. It seems their numbers have increased greatly, mostly warrior sons. Close to 100 knights from all walks have joined their ranks, including Lance Lannister. And that troubles Cersei, as it should. Um, <laughs> Editorial comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Septon Reynard comes in place of the High Septon, which irks Cersei. She tells Reynard to keep their prayers in the Septs and leave the brothels alone. They are disturbing business, and that is not good for taxes. Cersei is annoyed when Pycelle informs her that Lord Giles is dying. Um, she immediately suspects foul play. She even accuses Pycelle. Pycelle sputters all the healing and help that he is giving the man. Cersei tell, tells Pycelle to inform Lord Giles that he does not have her permission to die. <laughs> She's oh, just God. so over the top. <laughs> Pycelle, you can tell, is just like, it's like, just what the fuck at this point? He's so, like, I mean, confused. He can't win. No. He just can't win. No. no. If I was Pycelle, I would be GTFOing like so did, hard. <laughs> he try to tell her what's what though when she said, "Oh, you know, you're old." She made a comment about him being old, and he kind of came back with, "Well, I was, you know, or was that? Yeah, yeah, he said something yeah. to her about yeah, being yeah, young." He did. Yeah. It was really long and rambly, but yeah, <laughs> how he course. was very young at the time. <laughs> It'll be delivered in the show while he's nude, just so you know. <laughs> Oh, great. Oh, We're in a very thin so, like, shift with some backlighting. This, yeah, backlighting. <laughs> Yummy. Oh, oh, <laughs> so uh, at dinner, Cersei tells Tommen to thank the mother and father that he is still a child. Kinging is hard work. And uh, I've selected a little bit. <clears throat> awesome. Yes, mother, said Tommen in a sad tone. That wasn't really sad. Let me try that again. Yes, mother, said Tommen in a sad tone. The little queen had told him of Sir Loras. She understood. Sir Osmond said the boy had wept. He is young. By the time he is Joff's age, he will not recall what Loras looked like. I wouldn't mind them um, pecking, though. Her son went on to say, I should go to court with you every day to listen. Marjorie says, a deal too much, Cersei snapped. For half a groat, I'd gladly have her tongue torn out. Don't you say that, Tommen shouted suddenly, his round little face turning red. You leave her tongue alone. Don't you touch her. I'm the king, not you. She stared at him incredulous. What did you say? I'm the king. I get to say who has their tongues torn out, not you. I won't let you hurt Marjorie. I won't. I forbid it. Cersei took him by the ear and dragged him squealing to the door, where she found Sir Boris Blunt standing guard. Sir Boris, his grace has forgotten himself. Kindly escort him to his bedchamber and bring pay up pay, 
This time I want Toman to whip the boy himself. He is to continue until the boy is bleeding from both cheeks. If his grace refuses or says one word of protest, summon Kyburn and tell him to remove Pate's tongue. So his grace can learn the cost of insolence. <laughs> Mother of the year, everybody. Yep. Oh, she God. loves her children. And he's so, so much. He's actually standing up for, you know, he's getting a backbone. He's standing up for himself. Yeah. It's just, just an awful thing to happen for him. And the king, like, what's up with the Marjorie. fucking Kingsguard with this bullshit? Well, I think Jamie so would do this. No, well, it's so funny because, you know, they, it mentioned something about shit. What does it say? Something about Boris, Boros giving her a look or Tom and yeah. a look or something. And I was like, he is probably remembering what Jamie fucking said to them all about, like, don't just blindly follow stupid orders, you idiots. Yeah, he you know? better not. They better not have made Tom and actually do it. Well, it sounded like he had a kind of a kind voice or uh, some of the way he worded, you know, when he was talking to Tom and that he needed to come with him didn't sound very, you know, it sounded not, like a nice tone to it. So we can only hope. You do bring up, like you mentioned Jamie, but that was going to be like my question is like, I can't, was she this bad in front of Jamie, you think? And mm. she's getting. Yeah, it just wasn't directed at him. So he didn't care. You know, mm. I just don't think he cared. Well, she didn't have the absoluteness of the power that she has now either. I mean, Jamie hadn't hasn't been around Cersei without Robert. I mean, like just a month or so. I mean, they're probably together for like a month or a few weeks between him yeah, getting be, back from the Riverlands and be, him leaving. It would be interesting to know if if it's just the situation of the tension and Marjorie and all these things, or if she just did this over little things, like you know, they spilled something and she had a complete, you know. Oh, Maybe I'm sure she did over you know. little things. Yeah. I mean, she's oh, yeah, this didn't just Jamie. pop That's up. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you can tell this is just how she operates. Oh, cruelty. Yeah, but this seems uh, next yeah. level. This really seems next level. I don't know. Well, no, it is. Yeah. She's getting worse, I think. I mean. I mean, she might be getting mildly worse, but I mean, something like this, you know, like making them do this for displeasing her, you have to imagine this is just the way she punishes her kids. It's not like she stops and thinks about how to devise some new punishment she's never thought right, of. Right, but she couldn't possibly have punished Joffrey with, oh, like, I was say it because have Joffrey would have loved it. Like, this would not have worked. She, I think she says that, doesn't she? She did she it. She that. probably did it and Joffrey just didn't care. You know, and she didn't care. I either. feel like for Joffrey, yeah, I think she'd that have was... to threaten him with having to be nice to, like, the whipping boy. Like, <laughs> 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 I think that's what she said. I think at one point, don't they mention how Pate was Joff's whipping boy before, and it never bothered Joff or something? I can't remember poor exactly child. what it was, but poor. Yeah. Oh no, this poor Pate, Pate kid. Oh my gosh. I know. Save Do Pate. Do not your Pate in Westeros. <laughs> oh. Uh, I know. That I. Uh. No, it's it's she's just a horrible human being. Like I'm sorry. There's just what's redeemable here. <laughs> I'm sorry, but what is? Like she's just nothing, awful. Nothing. The patriarchy. The patriarchy. Oh God! I mean, like, what does the patriarchy <laughs> have to do with this? I, you know what I mean? I'm like, I nothing. just, nothing. I don't see how, I don't see how people can overlook this stuff that she. And you know what's interesting? In every single, you know, every single thing, there's almost like that. I noticed in a lot of the chapters, a lot of the sequences, there's points where it almost kind of tricks you into thinking, oh, well, here's a chance for Cersei to say, to have a thought, like, whether it's about, oh, Malera, when Quiburn, you know, says, oh, you know, are you concerned about... He, she just constantly, she just pushes it aside, and no, it doesn't matter. You know, there's never... He gives her constantly these little moments where she could potentially have empathy, and she does it. It's very clear-cut and underlined that she does not have empathy, and, and well, it's all about her. 
could I don't maybe I it's it kind of seems to be her mo too where she commands all these horrible things be done to people but she totally separates herself from the actual deed. So kind of yeah, I don't know I mean it's like she hauls herself. She hauls she hauls like um poor uh what was her. What was oh, her handmaid. her handmaid's name? Sunil Dorcas or Sin- Yeah, Sunil gets oh. she drags Sunil down to the the dungeons uh-huh. herself. Uh-huh. I mean, like of course she pushed Malara down a well herself. Yeah, no one else was even there. I mean, I think she's capable of it if she has to do it. And I mean, like look at the absolute pleasure she takes in like how she she sticks it to Marjorie. I mean, that's I mean that uh, that whole scene was was like physical violence, like the way that she went in there and wanted to enjoy someone's misery (laughs) yeah well it does it does continue um they describe like in her chambers later um the maids light some candles and cersei thinks of how dark it must be in the maiden vault dragonstone and with loris tyrell dying her thoughts also turn to the black cells and felice uh lady tanda has died and lawless stokeworth has been proclaimed lady and brawn lord Cersei puts her head on her pillow and smiles as she remembers the taste of Marjorie's tears. <laughs> this is pure villain. Like, <laughs> 100% bad guy. Okay. If she mustache, she'd twirl it. <laughs> Who thinks that? <laughs> Don't well, know. also, she's thinking, oh, it's a beautiful sunset. <laughs> she's so happy. Also, do they get into, um, it may have been a chapter I missed, but I noticed in this that she was sleeping with both, was is it jo- Jocelyn and both Dorcas? Is that mm-hmm. how I pronounced it? She never know. sleeps yeah. alone. Okay. Is that like a protection yeah. thing? Okay. Because I was wondering what the angle is. Well, I wonder if she has nightmares. Like, I know we have a nightmare in this chapter, but I wonder if she has them frequently and that's why she doesn't like yeah. sleeping alone. Maybe. Just a guess. Yeah, that might be. I mean, she might be just trying to, well, no, I'm not going to give her credit for being smart enough to know that, that with the Jamie rumors, she should be trying to keep somebody with her all the time. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Or the Valencar thing is bugging and her. And she doesn't want to be alone, right? If somebody's going to come in and strangle yeah. her. I mean, you know, this is, is that a this is pretty standard for a lady, for a high oh. lady or for a queen to, to have a bedmate like this. I mean, you know, Marjorie has them as well, her cousins. So oh, yeah. I don't think this is that out of the norm. How annoying. Like, I would just want my bed to myself. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so that night, Cersei dreams of Maggie the Frog and of three cloaked girls who dared to awaken a sleeping sorceress. And I have another one picked out. The old woman's eyes were yellow and crusted all about with something vile. In Lannisport, it was said that she had been young and beautiful when her husband had brought her back from the east with a load of spices, but age and evil had left their marks on her. She was short, squat, and warty, with pebbly greenish jowls. Her teeth were gone, and her dugs hung down to her knees. You could smell sickness on her if you stood too close, and when she spoke, her breath was strange and strong and foul. Be gone, she told the girls in a croaking whisper. We came for a foretelling, young Cersei told her. So definitely not show Maggie here. <laughs> oh, man, I know. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, like, am I the only one who just feels really sorry for poor Maggie the Frog? Like, she's taking off a nice nap. Just yeah, and snot-nosed kids come in and fucking her wake her up. Her <laughs> Tossing her little blonde curls and her hands in her hips. Oh, gosh. I'd valencar her. 
<laughs> I'd fuck with her and tell her a horrible wrong prophecy. Right on, you right, stupid so that kids. She'd believe it her whole life, and it would like turn her to madness. Wow, Guile's long con. con. <laughs> No, I, well, I completely agree with you. I mean, I, I've always said anybody, any idiot who sits down and wants to try to analyze this stupid piece of shit prophecy. <laughs> needs to, Tell me how you if, feel about I'm it. Sorry. But didn't she no, have the I right amount of kids? That's the only thing. Like, she had the right about, like, didn't Robert have the well, right, right about? You got to be right about yeah, some of it. Real? Well, no, I but think it's real. I just... Yeah. <laughs> no, she's was... I'm talking about George. I'm oh, just yeah, yeah. George to do. I well, I, I think it seems more telling that it could have been that when when the guy mentions comes in and mentions Melangor, like that's so setting it up. Like that was like I forgot that happened. I was like, oh man, that's kind of hitting you over the head with it. You know, and it just seems out of place. Like suddenly someone's men- mentions Melangor, and then you know, right? But I mean, yeah, the language is so precise, right though. It's not your. It's you know, the. Yeah. Well, that's George covering. <laughs> the thing of it is, if you want to sit down and analyze, I'll say it again, this stupid piece of shit prophecy, <laughs> you have to take all of the context into account when you analyze it. People just kind of go in and grab Maggie's um, um, dialogue here, right? And they just kind of grab it. And you'll see, uh, at least on Tumblr or on message boards, you'll see the entire prophecy kind of condensed together into one paragraph, when in fact, that's not how it's delivered. It's delivered in, in different little sections. And, you know, what you need to do is take the entire context of this into account. This woman is so pissed off that these stupid kids come in and like force her to do this prophecy thing. And she, out of spite, goes further with, with Cersei's and makes it horrific for her. I mean, I absolutely believe that is what happens. Is but, that Maggie is like, okay, well, you 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 want your, your future? You're going to get it. Blah, 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 blah. And then just keeps going. But explain the things that actually do come true. Like, like the thing... No, with, they do come true. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, she predicts the kids, right? She says um, that Cersei's going to have three kids and Robert's going to have 16. And this is... I mean, obviously we can't completely verify how many bastards Robert's got, but 16 sounds about right. And we know that Cersei's <laughs> yeah. um, Now, you can say that you might live toward the prophecy, which is always the thing, you know, self, you know, self-fulfilling kind of a prophecy. self-fulfilling prophecy. Right? Okay. Well, she, she, might, she might have done that, but there's kind of this element of her trying to pretend that she forgot about this prophecy until Joffrey died. Now, it's interesting, though, because when she wakes up from this dream, I think she'll say something about it being an old dream. Or is it when she's starting to have the dream, she says something yeah. about it being an old dream. So yeah. uh, which is it, George? Is it, is it something that's been nagging her all along or is it something that just popped up since Joffrey died? Um, it's, it's really not clear. Um, but regardless, yes, definitely there are things that are true about this. The kids thing is true. And if you, you know, want to follow down the road of all of her kids are going to die, Joffrey dying would be a sign that this, you know... It's on its way. Shall be business ...is true. Well, just to go over the piece-of-shit prophecy really quick, <laughs> um, Cersei asks three questions. Um, one is, when will I wed the prince? She answers, never. You will wed the king. She also asks, I will be queen. Yes, until another younger and more beautiful comes to cast you down and take all that you hold dear. And then, of course, the thing with Robert and her children. 16 for him, 3 for her. 
Also, though, there is the bit, too, with Malara, and she says, some here have no futures. Mm-hmm. And she makes that comment, I think, like, death is near you. Can you smell it? Well, yeah, well, or and this we'll is exactly it. There are three people in this tent, and people kind of forget this, too. Malara is there for this entire thing. And what is Malara there for to get her own fortune told? And what does she want to know? Mm. Is she going to marry Jamie? And I think you have to take that into account with the whole scene. Um, George wants us to have this picture of Cersei in the middle of this, right? And this is in the middle of the dream and she's freaked out as she's having this dream. It's a nightmare. Um, But she's still angry again hearing Malara say that she wants to marry Jamie. Yeah, all the other things going on. Time out from the nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, time out from the nightmare for her to be jealous over someone else wanting Jamie. (laughs) She thinks he doesn't even know you're alive. (laughs) Yeah. And so you have to take that into account too. How does that fit into whatever all else is going on with this prophecy? Well, I mean, it clearly illustrates that even as a child, I mean, you've gotten small bits where she twisted Tyrion's penis and all these little other incidents that there's, you know, little comments that have been made about her you know, as a child, but it's pretty clear that once once you figure out from this that she murdered her supposed good friend, um, that she was pretty messed up from a very young age. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mentioned three people, but we should also mention somebody that I think gets forgotten a lot, and that's Fat Jane. <laughs> she had run off. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Another little girl. Smart Fat Jane. <laughs> Yeah, now she's living smart on the air aisle with smart her husband and her kids. She, and... she was almost wistful when she was thinking about how, oh, her, you know, I was like, oh, what a great life she has. I was like, you know. Smart <laughs> That was kind of interesting of a Cersei. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, when, yeah, when um, Malara asks about if she will marry Jamie. Maggie tells Malara that worms will have her maiden head, no one will marry her, and that her death is close to her tonight. Ooh. So, um, at this, Cersei throws a black jar of something in the witch's eyes, and they flee from her tent, and then when they get out, hands emerge from the mist and strangle Cersei. She awakes tangled in her sheets. Um, she kicks, when she awakes, she kicks Dorcas out of bed to fetch Pycelle. <laughs> When he finally arrives, she demands he give her something to give her a dreamless sleep. Wine just isn't doing the trick anymore. And I got us another short one. Um, you, Your grace does not wish to dream. What did I just say? Have your ears grown as feeble as your cock? Can you make me such a potion or must I command Lord Kyburn to rectify of your failures? That's it. I don't know why I picked that one, but it's short. <laughs> Must have been something in it. I love, I love how he's like, you should drink some wine. And she's like, I do drink wine. <laughs> so um, I wonder now, so we did a poll on Twitter about who the younger, more beautiful one to cast, you know, take everything from Cersei. And I mean, obviously we have in this particular audience, I think everyone knows who won that poll. Um, you know, Brienne, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then it went Sansa, um, Marjorie and Danny, But you know, is there a connection between Malara asking, you know, will I marry Jamie? And, uh, you know, Cersei's rage about that, too. You know, what's the thing that she holds most dear? Although I don't think she holds Jamie most dear, so I don't even know why I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> Edit that. <laughs> no, it's stated. 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, it's such a it's such a slippery slope getting into the whole. Is it could it be Brian? I mean, it could be Brian. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that the whole jealous of Jamie shit is in the middle of this prophecy. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, there's a reason that it's there. I mean, you have to step back and go, okay, there's an author who framed this scene a certain way, and um, yeah, I think there's is, a reason that's there. And the fact that yeah, that's Brianne follows this chapter right immediately uh, after. Yeah. Even before this, I remember yeah. the first time I read it when they came back from Heron Hall, and the first thing I thought of was he's, you know, he doesn't mind that Brianne's being sort of set aside, you know, up in the tower or wherever, you know, he feels like she's safer. And that, my first thought was, oh, he's trying to keep her away from Cersei. So, I mean, I think there's been indications that there's a, she's a danger to anyone else in Jamie's life, well, even before this. <laughs> Maggie's being pretty abstract then if she's saying Brienne's beautiful like she's looking like inner beauty. Well, like, oh, we get Brienne the, Brian the beauty. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It's, it's a twist. She's George Martin Brienne likes beauty. to do twists. I yeah. mean, that's his favorite thing. Give you what you don't expect kind of thing. That's true. Yeah, and he, you know, he created this thing. Keep, keep in mind, I stand right by that he created this this prophecy for this book well after he had, had developed Brienne's nickname to be the beauty. You know, I mean, I, I I don't think that there's any accident here to the way that it's worded, if that is who it is. Now, take this with a grain of salt, though, because the, the poll that we're talking about on Twitter, I definitely voted for Danny in that poll. <laughs> what? Get out. I mean, I think it's get, multifaceted. I, I think there's an element. I, I think here's the thing with George's writing, right? When we do find out who it is, um, we're still going to be fighting about who it is. It's not going to be a clear cut. Oh, this person was obviously the younger and more beautiful. Um, I guarantee Vandom will continue to fight about it. It's it's he just doesn't resolve even prophecy in a way that makes it suddenly seem clear in retrospect. I mean, sometimes it seems a little clearer, but um, I doubt it's going to be you know some aha moment of oh here's the one. I mean, what oh, I damn. don't think is <laughs> I don't think it's Marjorie. I think because. Cersei thinks it's Marjorie, and she's wrong about everything. I think there's no way that it's Marjorie. Well, that's unsatisfying. Well, and actually, I'm looking on Twitter right now, and um, someone says of our of our poll, all of the above will fit portions of one younger, more beautiful who who will overthrow Cersei. And it's you know, yeah, they the dragon has four heads. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So, um, so before Pycelle goes to fetch her potion, he asks about. She asks him about prophecy and if the Citadel teaches it. Um, and with most of Pycelle's answers, Cersei just feels unsatisfied and dismisses him. So the next day, Toman seems suitably subdued. Um, they ha- after breakfast, she tells Toman to go with Jocelyn and then calls for Kyburn. Um, she asks of Lady Felice, and he informs her that she's not doing well and will no longer be able to rule in place of Bronn or even of feeding herself. Cersei brushes the news aside and then asks about Maggie the Frog. Kyburn tells her, blood magic is the darkest kind of sorcery, some say the most powerful as well. Cersei tells Kyburn of Malara and the fortune she received from Maggie. She wants to know if it can be stopped. Kyburn assures her that it can. She asks how, and he says, I think your grace knows how. Cersei's um, mental wheels start spinning on how to kill Marjorie immediately after this conversation. (laughs) I love that he just feeds right into the paranoia. (laughs) Fucking Kyburn. He's got a good beat on her. 
Um, <laughs> she she settles on by um, sword. Marjorie would die well by sword. And the next day, she finds Osmond Kettleblack, inquires if his brother Osney would defeat Boris could defeat Boris Blunt in single combat. He laughs at the thought it would be easy. And uh, he asks, why has Boris done some treason? She says, no. Then thinks, but Osney has. Boop, boop, boom. Crazy, well, crazy. If we could back up for a sec, one of the interesting things that's revealed in this little discussion that she has with Kyburn is um, when Kyburn is asking her about this Maggie person that she's talking about, um, Cersei says, well, they called her Maggie. And, um, Kyburn replies not with the M A D G Y Maggie yeah. that that Cersei's been saying and we're saying, but with M A E G I like Maggie, Maggie, which are kind of the the witch magic women from Essos that we hear about like in Danders. Um, and then it kind of all it's kind of like all the pieces kind of slip into place, and you're like, oh, so that was you know real. She probably really did have magic, and and he gets into the thing about the blood magic and that it actually does have power. Um, and that is actually a pretty important revelation because it kind of gives some gravitas to this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of like when Kyburn just says, you know, when she's like, how, you know, can you stop, a, you know, can you stop a prophecy or how can you do that? And he's like, you know. Yeah. He's so clever. <laughs> he's like, even if he I mean, doesn't she, have an answer. Think about how much she yeah. trusts. Like, actually, you know, we joke about like the Cersei Kyburn ship. But, you know, she's telling him things she has not told another soul. Like, he's her Brienne. Oh, my gosh. No. You know what? Oh, my God, Kyle. Power couple. Profound. They're a power couple. That is profound, dude. <laughs> oh, mind blowing. Jamie's Brienne is Brienne. super honorable, and her Brienne, Cersei's Brienne, super is super fucking, fucking creepy. Mad scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Frankenstein. He completes her, her real other half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. It is interesting, though. It's a mirror, you know? It's the mirror. Dude. It really is. I love it. That's going in the description. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now for that Justin Timberlake song. You're my mirror. (laughs) Game of Thrones. It plays in the background as they look at each other. No, I mean, she here. really likes Kyburn, though. Like, I w- I kind of wish that they would have given us the moment of them meeting in the show a little bit, because we just see him, like, you know, obviously having ingratiated herself himself with her, but we don't actually see them meeting. Well, we're I would have enjoyed that. We're gonna get a lot of them. I'm hoping uh, season like- six, right? So that's something to look forward to. Cool. But I want the origin story a lot. Is what, what I'm oh, saying. I know. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Go write it. <laughs> I will probably read it. <laughs> I know I heard dramas would probably love it. <laughs> you heard thunder clouds in the distance. <laughs> I almost want to write it. I almost want to write it. I kind of did write something. I had a chapter with this Cersei Kyburn. Percy, right? Would that work? Percy. Percy. I like Percy. I like Percy. Feel the burn. (laughs) All right, let's do the mail. Oh, okay. (laughs) You're like, I have, yeah, okay, yeah, right. I know, I got to get up. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't prepared for that lot. 
Um, okay. Should we go serious to goofy or goofy to serious? I think serious to goofy. I like ending on a happy note. Save the best for last. Okay, so we have a note from a couple podcasts ago. It says, first of all, I I must say I really love this podcast and never miss it. Thank you. But I had issue with the latest one, and I had to speak up. Oh. It sounded at one point like one of you was implying that Cersei deserved what Robert did to her. I'm not sure if that was the intention, but it made me super uncomfortable. Nobody deserves being raped and beaten. Robert was a rapist and an asshole and nothing more. I don't like Cersei as a person, but I enjoy her as a character, and I do feel sorry for her. Um, I mean, I think what the Anon is, what the non saying, it's kind of directed to me a little bit. And maybe I didn't express my feelings on it quite eloquently enough, but I, I think what I mean to say is Cersei and Robert's marriage, I don't think necessarily had a victim in it. I think that they're both horrible people to each other and they both gave as good as they got. Okay. Yeah, I know when that one came across, we, well, you like kind of took it right away. You take issue with things like that, right? Because we, I think of any a Song of Ice and Fire Game of Thrones podcast, we are super hypersensitive about rape yeah. discussion. I think we're probably the only one that do a trigger warning before every episode. So no, no one takes rape lightly on this panel. And, um, I'm glad. No, and I, I mean, I don't think that the, I mean, to the Anand's comment, I don't think it's invalid what they're saying. Um, I would disagree with to the extent that that relationship, both of them were horrible people in it, I guess. I don't think that either one is a victim. So I think um, we take it seriously. We take it seriously, but I do think there's a genuine bit of a disagreement between me and the Anon. Yeah, I think, I don't know if they're both, they're both, um, I don't know if they're all both victims, but they're definitely both. What do you call it? Um, well, I mean, she did murder Robert, so he's pretty much a victim. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's there again. It's a horrible, you know, it's a horrible marriage with horrible acts by both parties. I think, but um, you know, I, I think the Anon has, you know, I don't, I don't want to take their comments no. lightly either. Yeah, so. no, I wouldn't, I, and I'm not trying to discourage anybody from, you know, countering what we say. We actually kind of like getting things like this, not too often, you but once in a while, it's fun to discuss. Yeah, I mean, we disagree. I mean, like, I, I think we probably disagree a little bit on this, too. I mean, like, I definitely agree with you that Cersei could have been um, one of the worst people in the world to have to be married to. I agree with that. But, yeah, I definitely don't think she deserved, And I don't think Guile's saying either that she deserved to be raped and beaten or anything like that. Just no like she doesn't think Robert deserved to die. Right. Right. No, no, I, 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 I'm I, going to say that it would have been... Um, fun to be married to Cersei because that would be stupid and ignoring and reality. It really, it wouldn't be fun to be married to Robert either. No. no. Also, I mean, again, it would be like, hell on earth to be married to yes, Robert. Yeah, and especially the way that he treated Cersei. Yeah, A horrible marriage from two people that were, you know, had utterly no reason or, you know, utterly no will to try to make that marriage work. Like, there's nothing that was going to make that a better situation with those two particular people. So... Mm-hmm. Um, they so happen to be two of the, the least mature people who uh, appear in oh, yeah. the series as adults, so that too is a really yeah, big factor. Yeah, it just wasn't going to work out. <laughs> um, well, I hope we that helps of, anyway. <laughs> and yeah, on. Thank and you I mean, for sending that in. It, you know, it's an, interesting, it's an interesting discussion, and I think, you know, as women, we do have, we have a natural feeling to empathize with 
with you know with the Cersei in the relationship. So I, I think you know it makes sense. Um, then we have Argustar or Argustar on I like Argustar on Tumblr. <laughs> um, this is referring to a question we had about Jamie finding out about Cersei hooking up with Tana. Um, when I think about Jamie's reaction to finding Tana, all I can think about is that gif from of Kristen Wiig and Bridesmaids where she's going, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> same expression, same tone of voice and everything. The man is just so done, and done is in all caps. <laughs> uh, God, I love this analogy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's like, he, he has no more fucks to give. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. Actually, what I would really prefer to him, think of him is Ewan McGregor in, um, and I don't even know which one of the Star Wars prequels is, oh, God. but Chick, you know the gif I'm talking about. <laughs> he's, look at all the fucks I don't give at him. Oh, yeah. Just look at him, and he's kind of <laughs> lounging. It's like, that's <laughs> 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 Might not be quite as comfortable, but he's getting there. Um, <laughs> our last piece of mail is from Ladyblade War Angel, and she says, Hi, ladies. The live pod, I'm trying to like, I wish I could do a British accent because I would kind of like to try to imitate her a little bit more. Just do it. Um, <laughs> no, there's no chance. The live <laughs> podcast, it's totes maze balls. Um, yeah, I've been watching too many teen comedy movies. Seeing as my typing is just terrible at the moment. I love this whole podcast. It killed me. Also, sexting ravens. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. I may actually write a sexting ravens fanfic. Inspiration strikes like lightning. Wow. Now you all just need to get to 300 like a good Spartan. Oh, God. 300. <laughs> 300. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well. Love the up and it, and all it's crazy. Oh, oh my god. Be like, be like four years. <laughs> it might last that long. HBO. Which still I won't mean... be out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> god, we're going to get to 300. Oh, my god. <laughs> we're barely, I think, recovered from 100. <laughs> oh, my god. Oh, my god. Yeah. Be no yeah. booze okay, allowed. So <laughs> Spoilers, we pre-recorded our 100th episode, our live app, and it took us all, what, like a solid 24 hours to recover. I mean, I don't <laughs> It was emotionally like, or physically. Um, both. Yeah, for me it was definitely both because I was pretty hammered. Yeah. <laughs> I it was fun. It was just like the technical snafus and stuff, and it was amazing getting like the ghosts of Skype messages lost the next day. Like, I've never. If you're seen one that. of our guests, and you just got a Skype message from us. That was from like four days ago. <laughs> <laughs> we joke, but I do think like I've I've already edited it. Is that a word? Edited it, <laughs> and um, it's I I was listening to it in my car ride today, and I had a big smile on my face. So I think everybody will enjoy it, especially yeah. those patrons who are going to get it early, maybe yeah. even tonight if I get my act together. So um, if you would like an early listen, you can be a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash close the door uh you can send us messages at close the door and at gmail.com reach us on tumblr at close the door and come here.tumblr.com please like and review us on itunes garfunkels i did not see any recipes just <laughs> telling you oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> i have a name now <laughs> here's our lumpia recipe lot won't stop until we get it 
<laughs> I also wanted to put out during the um, 100th up, um, Wonkins had made a call. So if you would like to send Wonkins a message with suggestions for any future RPG episodes, you can. And it's wonkins at gmail.com, um, wonkins.tumblr.com, or at wonkins on Twitter. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter, too. I don't think I mentioned that. At Door Podcast. <laughs> Oh god, I can't wait till people hear the 100th episode and we start to get the feedback from that. It was so wild. I mean, like, people aren't going to understand. Today. <laughs> yeah, you did. You were tweeting out the lines and they were great. But, like, we had, like, over 40 people in our chat room at one point. I mean, it was insane. It was crazy. <laughs> Please it was a festival. don't expect any, like, hard-hitting, investigative, <laughs> deep analysis of anything. Like, it's all about the fun. It's a celebration. Yeah. It'd be interesting to get feedback about, like, at what minute mark do you feel like we got, like, super drunk? Because I have some, I kind of have it in my head of where it is, but someone else might have a different opinion. I know where my breaking point was. Yeah, I think we all know each of our, you know, where we could tell. Because when I re-listened to it, I was like, okay, then I was really starting to go over this. I'm pretty sure Chicky called me out. Did I? I don't remember. It was you know, like, is there like an inverse correlation in between like how drunk we were and how dirty it got? I oh, mean, I feel like there's some there sort was, of that. There was. Yeah, it I got right filthy. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> really. Dr- I mean, and uh, this is like for us. So <laughs> yeah, that's saying a lot. I like hit on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. <laughs> it could be a drinking game. Every time I hit on somebody, take a swig. <laughs> Hey, it's just like RPG. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it is. Because <laughs> it's just lot. That's your. That's you get out. <laughs> it was fun. I loved it. I, I think. I think I would like to do more live episodes, just not with a hundred guests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So stay tuned no, for I that. No, I think live could work. Well, we talked about some scenarios where we might. Uh pull out a live so, episode maybe if certain things happen in season six maybe we'll see mm-hmm. so do you guys yeah. think that the next time we speak on a podcast we will have gotten a trailer Ooh, hints of that yes. oh jesus so when are we speaking did you again? guys see that february 22nd Ooh. february 22nd that's recording your... that's i did our next re- oh, that's next... our next recording date yeah, and I heard rumors maybe this weekend. Yeah, come that's what we're hoping. Week. I'm going to say yes, then. I'll just say yes. Hopefully, fingers what, crossed. What would it be? I hope we get good news. We won't. Why would I even say that? <laughs> Fuck on <laughs> Jesus. On that note, I think, I think we'll end it. <laughs> <laughs> no good news for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love y'all. Have a good night. Good night, night everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.